Hey there, Popoff fans. This is the first of our Avengers podcast leading up to the Avengers next year, directed by Joss Whedon. This is the review of Captain America, the first Avenger. We're doing this with R.J. Haynes, the director of Kidney Beans, the movie. Check him out at kidneybeansmovie.com. Also, if you're just listening, go ahead and subscribe to us, man, on iTunes, or you can talk about us on Facebook. Look, if you're enjoying this, let people know. Help us grow the network. We're called EPN, the Endlight Podcast Network. Do a search on iTunes. You can subscribe to us there if you have something you like just post it on facebook so the whole world can know finally we are now streaming ninjas versus vampires on netflix that's right if you have netflix you can watch ninjas versus vampires free so go ahead and do that enjoy pop off welcome to pop off this is justin and with me today is rj haynes hey rj how are you I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, Justin. How about yourself? I am okay. RJ, who are you? Who the... F- I don't want to say fuck so... I just said it. Look, I was going to say I don't want to say fuck so early. And then I was like, oh, and then I said it. Who are you? How... What What are you doing here? I um, I am a, a, a fellow local filmmaker, actually. And uh, I'm working on my first feature-length film. We're in post-production right now. It's called Kidney Beans. A little, uh, little plug here, www.kidneybeansmovie.com. Check it out. That's my movie. Um, cool. Uh, so I guess, uh, first of all, yeah, we're going to be doing Captain America. Um, and I don't want to go too deep into how I know RJ. Um, but uh, I'm going to take two minutes to do it. To, wow. Hi. I'm going to take two minutes to do it because I feel like it's worth doing. Um, so uh, RJ made this movie called Kidney Beans here uh, in, in, in downtown Littletown, uh, Virginia, where I live. And, uh, and it was in our local paper and at work. Someone comes up to me and goes, "Hey, did you see this this film in in the local paper?" I was like, "What do you mean?" They said they said the local paper is all amazed that there there's this independent film happening here in Warrington. I was like, "Really? That's neat." Because I made one two years ago and I'm in production. I was in production on Vampires at the time, and so I was like, "Oh, that fucking uh, fucking <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble." Um, uh, and then uh, and so I was uh, super excited uh, one day. Um, when we got a write up in Sci-Fi magazine for uh, a write up in Sci-Fi magazine for blah 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 um, for vampires. Also, just want to shove in here. Um, Sci-Fi magazine is a slight step up from the Fauquier Times Democrat yes, write up. Yes. I think. Uh, uh, and and yeah, I was I was uh, you you named the paper. I was trying to not say where we lived. <laughs> now everyone, all twenty of you are going to come to us right now. <laughs> There's more than twenty of you. There better be more than twenty of you. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, so I I was like all excited because I had just heard that we were we I had finally got print that I could buy nationwide print on our film, and so I showed it to the random cashier that I was checking <laughs> out at, and he's like, oh yeah, I made a movie called Kenny Beans. I was like, you're the fucking guy. <laughs> then we got into a huge fight right in the middle. We, of the there was place there, of work. we we battled. We both had swords, <laughs> and it was we both had shields, uh, vibranium shields. And that we threw at each other. We did. They and, made a movie about it. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> which is <laughs> Captain America. Um, there was a little bit of a uh, of an internal debate going on in my brain um, about whether or not to do this uh, first or to do um, Iron Man first. Because this is, of course, the uh, one, two, three, four, fifth movie in a series of movies leading up to the Avengers. But also uh, chronologically first. Yeah. And that's and and so because it's out in theaters now, because a lot of people have just seen it and also because it is chronologically first, I decided to hit Captain America first. Also, because I just saw it two times in a row. I was like, I want to talk about <laughs> it. Um, so uh, I assume you've seen it. Yeah, I did. I saw it and I, I liked it thoroughly. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, bring us into your experience in terms of, uh, in terms of Avengers and, and like, you've seen all the other films. Are you a fan of the Avengers, Helmer, Joss Whedon at all? I, I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan and, uh, super excited about to see, uh, super excited to see what he comes up with. Um, you know, he's kind of in his element, uh, with this whole ensemble casting that's what he does and that's what he does really well so that's the main reason why i'm pumped about that flick for the uninitiated joss whedon if you don't know who he is fuck you um 
<laughs> I don't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, no, he's the guy who made Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Um, we thank him at the end of our th- of each of our films, saying that he doesn't know we exist, uh, despite uh, the fact that he knows that brown coats exists, and we have people from brown coats <laughs> in our film. Um, so maybe uh, Mike, uh, who made uh, brown coats, uh, has said that if he remembers, he'll mention to Joss that we exist. So we'll see if it happens. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, Joss Whedon, who made all of my favorite stuff in the world, um, they handed him um, the most exciting idea for a movie to ever come out, to have five individual movies with five stars and then put those together and do that deliberately right. from the start. Um, so uh, so it all comes back to this. Uh, Captain America. Um, I'm going to try picking up my mic. Hopefully it doesn't buzz. Okay. Captain America um, is, uh, is the oldest Marvel comic, kind of. Um, in that uh, it came out before Marvel Comics existed um, in the 1940s. Uh, uh, it was um, created, I think, by Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, I think. That sounds right to me. Um, I know it definitely wasn't Stanley. Yeah, he wasn't, even though he cameos in the film inexplicably when he's not in the, but I guess he has to, it's a rule. <laughs> um, I, so it was created back in the 40s as a, as a propaganda piece for... Uh, for Americans fighting in World War II. Um, and they hit that in the film, which is great. So uh, so are you a reader? Are you a cap reader? Have you kept up with Captain America or the Avengers over there? What is your comic book experience? Because last time I saw you, you were wearing an X-Men shirt. Right, yeah. So what's your, what's your experience? Um, I'm definitely uh, more into x-men lore um but i'm a huge sucker for all the marvel crossover story arcs uh, i just yeah. re- reread house of m uh just like last week and thoroughly enjoyed it um which is a little bit after my time i checked mm. out right after the age of apocalypse oh right on right on yeah so, so my my experience with captain america is always him within the context of other superheroes that i know and love and um in that way like i like i have to say i'm, I'm guilty i haven't read a whole lot of captain america me neither but um in the context of those interactions, he always just seems like, uh, just like the good old boy. He's just, uh, I don't want to go so far to say one dimensional because there's way too much history there for him to possibly be one dimensional. But whenever he's shoved into uh, context with other superheroes, flawed Marvel superheroes, he's just like, the, he's Captain America. He's he the seems, good guy. Yeah, yeah, he seems like he belongs more more in the DC universe, honestly. I could he, see that, like a Superman uh, type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what the movie does is the movie goes ahead and embraces that. Right. Um, and we're not going to talk too much about the Captain America uh, universe. It's a long-standing story. It had a huge thing a couple of years ago where Captain America died. Um, an idea that I think was come came, that Joss Whedon came up with uh, hmm, as they were, as they were writing the end of Civil War. Joss was writing Astonishing X Men. Came into a meeting and said, uh, "Why don't you do this?" And I think that one of the things he the why don't you do is, is kill Captain America, which Joss kills main characters is what he does. Right. Yeah. Um. So, boy, oh man, is he going to do that? In the Avengers? I don't know. Like, that's he, a good question. Will he dare? Like, will he go? Look, nobody's watching the Hulk films anymore. So let's go <laughs> ahead. And, let's go ahead and off the Hulk. Kill will they him let him? Um, yeah. But um, uh, the the movie starts off um, just to jump into a synopsis real quick. Um, we meet uh, we meet. Uh, I'm going to skip the the bookends because the movie okay. starts in the future. Uh, the story really starts. We meet Steve Rogers and he's a 90 pound asthmatic um, kid uh, whose best friend is going into the war. His best friend Bucky is going into World War Two to fight the Nazis. And he is trying as hard as he can to join him. The 107th Regiment Um and keeps applying and keeps being rejected and keeps going to different recruitment statements with uh, falsified papers. And yeah, things, yeah. Cause he wants to, he wants to do, um, he wants to be part of world war two and, and, and wants to be part of that greatest generation. Right. Well, I, I think we should, it's also goes to say to throw in there is they made a, a big effort to not just make him, uh, well, you know, captain America, captain USA pride patriotism. He's got ulterior motives. Uh, he's just gets bullied his whole life. So sure. he doesn't like bullies. And to him, Nazis are the biggest bullies of the world. World bullies. Well, and I think the thing is, I think that he, even he doesn't understand his own. I certainly I as the audience understood that. But I wouldn't even say that Steve understands the subconscious thing going on there. He, he seems to like what want what he wants. And it seems like the people around him understand but like Where he's con- the, right. the scientists uh well, i forget the name of the scientist that he first meets uh um, tucci stanley tucci yeah, is his name. yeah stanley tucci <laughs> dr tucci um <laughs> d- d- dr tucci doesn't um 
uh, seems to understand and goes, do you have something to prove? And, and I think more than more than Steve does, I think that he really kind of gets that this is part of being the small guy. But right. more than that, um, as Stanley Tucci says, says that somebody who's been big and strong all their life doesn't know what it means to be the little guy. Um, and you can't create someone who's super powerful who doesn't understand the plight of the small common person. Th- this is something that just dawned on me. How is Captain America not like the comic book hero? I mean, you think about people that read comic books, that should be something that really appeals to them. Somebody who starts out small is given all these awesome powers and can do all these things that every comic book nerd around the world wants to do. Because Spider-Man does the exact same. Oh, that's true. This is sort of the, and, 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 and Captain America has since the 1940s been this way <laughs> right so that's for, true he's had he's had a while so to, uh, since since before our parents were born he's been Captain America. <laughs> it's hard hard for us to relate but the movie does a good job um i want to go right into the aesthetic of the film in that it's a lot of it's done in in, in heavy sepia tone which is that sort of old tin typey nearly black and white looking but with splashes of color here and there um and does a great job of looking like I think the 1940s look. Oh, yeah, totally. The, the film almost, almost looks like a faded photograph um, and falls somewhere between The Rocketeer, who's also directed by the same uh, director. Johnson, yeah. And um, because of its use of green screen, its stylistic use of green screen also reminds me a little of Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Right. Um, I don't know how many people remember seeing that movie, though. Um, I, I, I didn't see it and I can reference right, it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I saw snippets of it. Right. Shh, right. Don't call me out. <laughs> you don't know anything about movie stuff. We should do. No, no. I'm just thinking we should do a review of that and just see how many people yeah, care no. enough to listen to that yeah, one. We'll get three downloads. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so they, they go, um, the, the first callback that you get uh, is we meet um, the Red Skull, played by Agent Smith, played by um, Hugo, Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving. Yes, Elrond. <laughs> um, and uh, we meet the Red Skull, and the first callback we get immediately is that he is trying to harness the power of Odin. Um, and that was my first little geek out moment. I was uh, I, When I saw it the second time, I was sitting next to my wife, and I was like, hey, remember, that's like in Thor. <laughs> but that's like in Thor. Yeah. I I had a I had a similar experience. I saw the movie with my uh, fiance, and um, you know I I'm a sucker for spoilers. I read all these articles and then cry myself to sleep afterwards. And so oh, I, I keep of, away. I totally that, keep away. From that's something I admire. That's something I, I definitely admire. But the side effect is my fiance is having all these epiphanies and I'm just sitting there like a total jerk. Like, Oh, this is all old hat. You didn't know about that. And it really, it's worse off for me because I have less of an enjoyable time in the theater because of it. Well, I've told you that I've told this story, I think on Mike before, but in case I haven't, I'll, I'll let it go now. Are you a Star Wars fan at all? I, yeah, I am a Star Wars. So fan. I am not only a Star Wars fan, but I'm an apologist for the prequels. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would go as far as to say that the prequels, if they came out before the original trilogy, people would watch the prequels and go, Holy shit, that's cool stuff. Um, but we're comparing it to the original tr- trilogy, which has grown in our mind. Right. Um, and you know, I dare you to sit down and watch Jedi and not cringe just as much as you did. Right. In, in episode, at least episode three, which I think is a great film. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, when I saw, um, before I saw episode two, um, uh, I was really excited for it. I thought that episode one had dropped the ball somewhat. The trailers for episode two made it look good. Now, in truth, I find episode two to be the least watchable of the new trilogy. Okay, good. Um, we agree, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, there are parts of it that I like. But anyway, the Hayden Christensen is on Jay Leno. And he's brought his action figure with him. And he goes, so cool, man. I get to be an action figure. <laughs> and the action figure's arm falls off. And Jay Leno goes, oh, no, I broke it. And Hayden Christensen goes, no, it's supposed to do that. Awesome. And I went, <laughs> Really? Really? Oh, my gosh. You the, think that Jay Leno would be a spoiler-free zone. You think he'd be safe. Yeah, though. I know. Well, I, that's the thing is, is, is so spoiler alert for Lost for a second. Um, <laughs> so, so have you seen Lost? I have, yeah. Watched All right, it so, religiously. So spoiler alert for Lost. I also learned the trick that whoever was about to die showed up on Jay Leno the night before <laughs> Lost came out. I was unaware um, of that trick. Oh um, and so once I became aware of it, um, when... Uh, um, Oh, what's it? Who plays Charlie? Uh, um, uh, took. Uh, or <laughs> this yeah. is gonna kill me. Uh, Fiance is gonna kill me for that one too. Yeah. Dominic Monaghan. Domin- when Dominic yeah. Monaghan, uh, when I saw that he was on, I was like, no, no, because Desmond was all like, "You're gonna die, brother." <laughs> um, and 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 sure enough, the very next day, and I got it got to the point where I realized what was happening by who was showing up on Jay Leno. 
Um, it's like the kiss of death. Yeah, it was. It was sort of like we're showing up because our character is about to die. So this is our, <laughs> and and it it I didn't watch Leno. I was I'm not a, I'm not a Leno fan, but right. when I I'd flip around and see that he was going to be on, I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so that's going back to spoilers. I stay spoiler free. Um, but when I saw Odin, I was like, oh, that's Odin. Next uh, next uh, thing we get. So we we learn about Steve Rogers and what's going on with him um, and sort of where he is personally. And he goes on a double date. And we get our second callback almost immediately with the introduction of Howard, Howard Stark. Stark. I would say the most 1940s looking character of that whole movie. He, yeah. He, he reeked. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, it was. And I don't know. I'm temp- You said you just watched Iron Man 2. Right, I rewatched Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Does yesterday. Iron Man Two, first of all, same actor who plays Howard Stark in both films? No, right? actually, it's a, it's an older guy in Iron Man Two. Is it? Um, and I don't know the actor's name. Uh, nerds everywhere will be will be furious. But yeah, the the guy in Iron Man Two, he's much older. Uh, it's after Tony's already been born, and he's like a young kid. So I guess that's their excuse. Is like this Howard Stark is, is different. Is different, and it's like it's post World War Two Howard Stark. Well, let me let me like, ask you a question about about um, the opening scene of Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. Um, is is Tony's speech at the beginning of that expo sort of reflective of Howard's speech? Like, like, because there were, were there not dancing dancing girls? Does Tony not kiss one of them or something, or or go up to him and make do something I, risque with one of? I I sort of get that sense. Maybe he didn't yeah, kiss him. I, but I, he, I don't think there was anything like direct with a single one of them. But like, he's like when he pops down and they take the armor off and they reveal that he's in a tuxedo, he's not facing the audience. He's facing the dancers and watching them rather intently. Um, but yeah, there is a very similar feeling. I think Cause it's all, does it not, it, they both take place at the world's fair, right? Yeah. Both take place at the world's fair. Both, both are called, I guess the star guest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just felt like the, the scene in Captain America was very reflective of the scene right. in Iron Man too. Um, and I think you're meant to sort of go, Hey, this reminds me right. of something. Um, clearly the guy's not as good as Robert Downey Jr. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but I immediately got a call back to that, which let me geek out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's what I really dug about it is like you were getting, and we'll get into this more is like something that these series of films do really well is they give you peeks into things you don't necessarily need to get a peek into to understand the story, but it's a great time to just sort of like dive into that universe 100%, like meeting Howard Stark and having him be, you know, kind of a Q character, um, like in the James Bond lore to Captain America. Yeah. There's just something fulfilling about that to get a peek into that. The Howard Stark designed the shield, you know? Right. Right. Um, so, uh, so Steve Rogers, uh, ditches his double date, goes, tries to enlist one more time, gets, uh, met by Dr. Tucci. I'm sorry. I don't remember the guy's real name. Um, um, Dr. Tucci says, uh, says um essentially i'm interested in the fact that you keep applying and you can come to is it ssr or ssi it sounds right something scientific something um and and invites him to go train and so we then sort of jump to him training uh, meanwhile we let, I, i'm not going to cut back and forth the way the movie does throughout the movie we learned that the red skull is building up a big um using odin power to power something to to create big lasers and bombs which i read something kind of interesting uh on a nerdy website uh i can't give a shout out to who it was because i don't recall who wrote the article but kind of um bringing up the fact that how similar the weaponry that uh that red skull comes up with for his hydra army sounds to uh iron man's plasma you know, technology. It, it's it's interesting that you would say that because i didn't get anything about how it sounded mm-hmm. but i felt like the um the stuff that they were building looked like the ark right that, could, that yeah, he yeah. built um also tons of it must be stated tons of callbacks to indiana jones in this film <laughs> um especially there, at one point uh um when uh when red skull is is zapping some of the the nazis one of them goes ah! <laughs> like, the, like the guy at the end of indiana jones i was like <laughs> by the way the older of those three generals that came to uh to meet um uh, who came to basically insult the Red Skull and said, you have not been doing the things that I want. Right. Um, I recognized the second time around and went, holy shit, that's Ralph Mal from Happy Days. What? Really? Yeah. 
Um, oh my god! So check it out. I, I told the second time. I think it's is Danny Yost was his name. That sounds right to yeah, me. Yeah, um, and I was like, that's <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, might not be Danny Yost. I might be off there, but yeah, yeah, I would. I I have not checked IMDb on it. If you go on any kind of monologue, maybe I would check on my iPhone while we're right. while we're um, here. Um, but yeah, I I totally noticed that that was him. But okay, so that's what that's what um, Red Skull is doing at the time. And uh, and as he's we're, we're cutting back to him doing that. And I'm going to leave that there because I'm really focused on the story of of Steve and Steve what, Rogers. Yeah. Um, so we get to him training. Now, what do you think of that uh, of of that whole section of him sort of it was very kind of Starship Troopers for me. But what was your. Oh, before, OK. So this is before he goes through the procedure when he's going through the training with the rest of the Correct. applicants for the yeah. super soldier serum. Um, I, you know. I really dug it. I mean, it was a, a really uh, short and sweet segment of the movie, just a montage that pretty much sums up his character and shows how he relates to the shows how he relates to the um, other applicants uh, that are competing. And like the rest of them are kind of jerks. They're picking on him just like everybody else picks on him. And uh, there's a sequence where he's asked or the, the whole group is asked to retrieve this flag from the top of this flagpole. And uh, the guy's like, you know, no one's ever done this um, in all of our applicants. No one's ever been able to retrieve that flag. Well, everyone tries climbing up this flagpole. Steve Rogers just sort of hangs back and kind of studies the situation. And as they give up and start driving away, um, Steve goes up, pulls this pin out of the base of the flagpole. Flagpole drops. He grabs the flag. And it's a really short and simple way to just show that it's it's um, mind over muscle, I guess, that old stereotype. And then at the end of this montage, we get another great example of his character. Um, well, that's the, the part that's in the trailer. The, right. Uh, oh, yeah, it yeah. is spoiled in the trailer. But yeah. I but I still love it. It's awesome. Yeah, very well done. Uh, just Tommy Lee Jones, who's one of the guys initiating these um, tasks. And, oh, he's so good. Yeah, he was great in it. Um, to try to prove a point to Dr. Tucci um, that Steve Rogers isn't fit to do the job, he throws a grenade, presumably a live grenade, into the group. And everyone else scatters while Steve jumps on it, shouting, get out of the way, get out of the way. And it was just a test. And obviously he passed. So Captain America. Um, I am. I guess wrong. Oh, that's it's no not good. him. I'm I'm really bummed with myself. I was sure it was him. I was absolutely sure it was him. But it turns out it's not him. And I'm stupid. So there we go. His name is Don Most. Mm. Um, but most of him was not in this film. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> and I saved it with the best joke in the world. It was all leading up to it. He knew yes. it all along. Yes, that was all. To that yeah, I, I knew that if I told that joke, cancer would be cured across <laughs> the nation. Um, uh, so I, uh, so we go from there to um, to him having finally his 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 super soldier injection. Um, they take a bunch of his blood first, blood that is used in the Hulk. Oh, they is that the connection? Yeah, there? they actually pulled the super soldier serum from his blood mm. um, in the Hulk. Uh, but um, the one problem that I had, and I guess it, this was something that was probably from the comics, but they bombard him with Vita rays. To, to, I guess, like what I got from that. And it's I like, like think... vitamin rays? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the GNC Vita right. rays. <laughs> well, it's even worse. I was reading it in this article on paper, and it's spelled V-I-T-A, as you'd imagine. Yeah. But that also reads Vita, like life. <laughs> and that seems even more contrived to me. It's like... Yeah, no, but I, well, I read Vita rays, and I was like, I was like they're like, like stop it. <laughs> th- okay, so this, this mic cable clearly needs some replacement. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Um... But yeah, I, I, you know, the, the typical, I mean, it the, the scene reminded me very much of the, like, the Dr. Octopus scene from, from Spider-Man, you know, it's, it's, nothing goes wrong. And I guess that's one aspect of this that is different than, than the other superhero films we've seen so far, is that there is no testing period like Iron Man, and then everything else is something goes wrong. Right. This is no accident. Um, this happens as it should. I do want to throw this out there, but comparing it to Iron Man and comparing this first act of this film to Iron Man is I read an, or I, I watched an interview with the uh, two screenwriters and do you know their names? I don't know. Their no, names. I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah. These uh, two guys who have worked together in the past, but anyways, their interview was talking about what they really wanted to focus on 
um, was something that's worked for past origin movies for comic books is having a very long first act, allowing the audience to spend time with the superhero before they're a superhero. And they kind of talk about how important that is for Steve Rogers, because Steve Rogers, at least their portrayal of him, is not a big muscly guy. He's a tiny guy. And even when he undergoes the um, the, the procedure yeah. uh, and gets really big, they try to make Marcus you, and Stephen McFeely. Those are the two guys that wrote it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Two of the guys. And uh, more. I think everyone else on IMDb is like uh, creator of the comic or like something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I double check that. Uh, Christopher Marcus, Stephen McFeely, um, Stephen. I mean, I, I, they did a great job. Stephen McFeely sounds like what I would call a friend of mine if he got too touchy feely with me. <laughs> back McFeely. up there, Stephen McFeely. <laughs> um, sorry, Stephen McFeely. I know you're a big listener. Yeah, and um, I hope you don't touch people that much. No, gross. I <laughs> um, uh, so. Um, I, you know, I, I get, it's funny that there were complaints about the first act. Um, although a couple of reviews actually said that they liked the first act better than when he becomes Captain America. That was, that was my favorite part of the movie with the exception of, in my opinion, some kind of shoddy some, some kind of shoddy CG stuff with his being skinny. Sometimes it looked awesome. Sometimes I, it looked kind of goofy. To you me. know, I, I, I would say that because you and I are filmmakers and we have an eye for it, maybe mm. we're catching it more. Right. My wife was convinced before I told her when she she saw the trailers that it was a different actor oh wow, wow she thought they just got a skinnier person who looked like chris evans I, I will say there are a few sequences that i felt that way during um but what i thought was odd was the the parts that looked bad to me were actually the parts they used in the trailer all, yeah. the, all the sequences that looked great, like the scene when Dr. Tucci and him are sitting on the corners of the bed uh, talking about getting ready for the procedure, that looked completely legit to me. I didn't get the... There are some scenes, I don't know what it is about it. I can't point out to you what it is that looks wrong. I can tell that there's computer muckery going on. Right. Um, uh, actually, my problem with the effects in the film is, is you know, it's funny. I watched the watching waiting for the trailer at the end of the film, which we'll get to. Um, oh, yeah. We'll get um, to that. Um, but watching the trailer at the end of the film, I watched the credits and watched how many compositors there were in this. Oh, film. wow. I didn't even Th look. This was a heavily composited film. Um, lots of people standing in front of green screens as other things happen. Right. To the point where sometimes it just I got this never got the sense that anything real was going on. Yeah. Um especially sequences on trains for instance. Right, yeah, um, yeah. But okay, so 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 Captain America goes and 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 saves a, a kid or a kid saves himself with the worst line in the movie. It's okay, mister, I can swim. And then there was like a, a certain pause where they were expecting laughter or something like yeah, that. Did and you notice like, that yeah, too? Yeah. <laughs> as, as I always say when there, there, there are those pauses that they're waiting for the audience to be like, ooh and ah, I will just say, Obi-Wan Kenobi, meet Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> R2-D2, we must commend you for 45 seconds. <laughs> I'll speak slower than I normally would. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly Kira what Kira Knightley was. plays the lady over there, in case you didn't In case know. you're wondering why those two look so similar. That's Kira Knightley <laughs> over there. Mila Kunis is not in this film. Wait, was that something? Do people think no. that? No, no, it's <laughs> just because me. Although, interestingly, Mila Kunis, so Mila Kunis is now best known for a movie she just did with uh, with with Natalie Portman. with Natalie Portman, Black Swan, and now they've come out with the same movie. Ironically, they're in the same movie again, just that it's separate. Separate. What's <laughs> Friends with Benefits, and what's the other one? Like, uh, no strings attached. And it's just like the same film. It's yeah. like, you almost feel like one's Disney and the other's DreamWorks. Right. And if you don't get that joke, you don't remember Deep Impact, Armageddon, Ants, and a Bug's Life. Yeah, Ants and Bug's Life is the one I was going to say. Oh, and and Armageddon, which was was Touchstone, and right. So also, yeah, Touchstone is Disney, right? Yep. Okay. Everything wow. is Disney. Marvel is Disney. <laughs> Marvel this, is now Disney. This movie yeah. we just watched, even though it's at Paramount at the beginning, don't be fooled. We watched a, a Disney it's, movie. It's yeah. a, if you watch the end, it goes soundtrack available on Walt Disney Records. Yeah, along with Miley Cyrus and all that good stuff. Yeah, because Miley Cyrus, nothing says to me, Captain America 1940s, <laughs> like Miley Cyrus. Um, he did have an achy, breaky heart, but I guess that's the that, other side. No, that's her dad. <laughs> no, Miley Cyrus. Sorry, that's Miley Cyrus did you did get that? Did you even know what I was talking doing there? No, I didn't get. I Have was you thinking. not seen the YouTube video where she's all high? No, I did yeah, not see that. Well, look up, look up YouTube. My, maybe I'll find it online. It I, I just wanted oh, to bring talk. up the connection. Go that ahead. Talk. Perhaps Captain America was having a party in the USA. I don't know anything about Miley Cyrus's music. Oh my gosh! Except that if I were Miley Cyrus, I would pretend to be somebody else too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, oh, the poor girl. 
it's she's like what like I, I guess now she's probably like 18 or 19 but like yeah but still i feel bad i mean yeah she's just, an easy just a target. kid just a kid um so uh oh can i find it can i find it uh miley cyrus keep talking to say something i'm sorry I, i'm excited in the anticipation of seeing miley cyrus high on youtube um i'm gonna play it uh here she is oh that's 10 minutes Ooh. i need uh i just need the part where she she's on a, a drug called salvia right okay which is um which, which is a like a, a legal don't go do it put people right i think it, um, i don't even think it's legal in virginia anymore i think it was did they finally write uh, a law against it i think so i mean i never wrote any papers on it but i feel like i've heard such things. <laughs> did you write papers about celebrities <laughs> doing drugs it's, <laughs> it's more of a hobby <laughs> um so let's see if I can. Uh, all right. So uh, keep talking. I'm watching something with a guy in a mask, and and I wanted uh, all this to explain the fact that I went right, brr, 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 <laughs> best podcast ever. I'll uh, I'll delve into something yes. um, uh, Captain America related. Is I Please do want to say with all the compositing and with all the CG in this movie, um, Red Skull was all makeup, unless I'm mistaken. It was all makeup, and I was kind of disappointed to be Were honest. You really? Huh. I, f- I thought he looked like shit. I don't. There was something. I think it was Hugo Weaving's performance that I was really digging. So I, I was, was digging his like performance. Overlooking. You know what it was about it? It was that the uh, his skin was so smooth it looked like plastic. Right. It looked like plastic, and I would have textured it somehow. Right. His nose hole bothered me. It seemed like it was too movable. It didn't look like a solid object. The the little nose hole. Were these little yeah. flimsy thin things that looks like you could just like touch them and play with them if you so chose. Yeah, for me it was just the the um, for me it was the whole the 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 whole like shiny head, like right. I I thought it should be a little duller I guess a little more like bone like red bone right um and I never really got a sense that that it didn't seem like anything except rubber. I like mean, he was wearing a big rubber that, mask. That character brought into cinema has the potential to be like horrifying, like not PG thirteen horrifying, like R rated horrifying. If it were literally a red skull. Oh, hold on, let's see. If this is her. Oh, come on, play. Here she is smoking. See, this is from TMZ, but I want to hear her when she starts like doing lyrics and stuff. You know, it's a. Uh, so at some point she starts quoting the lyrics. She's like, blah, 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 and now it's this is we've taken too long on it. I'll take your word for it. So um, <laughs> I'll show you after, and you'll be like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> post it on the website when you post this. Just I so. I don't have time to do that, man. <laughs> I'm still trying to get the hot mess up. Um, <laughs> poor Phil. He's actually there is a new hot mess up on uh, Hot Mess Podcast, or you can get all these podcasts by going to endlightpodcast.com. They're all there, or you can search for search on EPN. Just search EPN on iTunes, and we're all there. Subscribe to us. Okay. Um, so, uh, then we get my favorite sequence of the film. What's that? Um, so, Captain America defeats this bad guy, and the all the super soldier serum is destroyed, uh, supposedly, and Captain America is allowed to... Um, Captain America is uh, told to go to a lab, but given an o- another opportunity to become an icon. And then there is, of all things, a full-fledged Broadway-style musical number in the middle of this film. Right. Like he's he's become part of the USO? Yeah, and I dug it. Yeah. I dug the whole thing, the cheesing of it, cheesiness, the the they actually used Captain America number one. They used the actual comic. Mm. Yeah, uh, they did. You're right. Yeah, and that montage uh, there. Um they have him punching out Hitler. They show him him for what Captain America actually was. There was is a bit meta that you're like Captain America truly was a symbol right. created to sell war bonds. It was almost an acknowledgement and a like defense of the true origins of the comic Captain America, which, I, yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. I think that was pretty brilliant and pretty cool. Well, I think there was no other way. I, mean, I can imagine the writer sitting around going, OK, he's called Captain America. Right. How do you get away with that? Yeah. How do you get away with him calling himself Captain America in the film without him being an asshole? Yeah. And they do it at the end of it. He's an asshole. He's like, he's like, and how many of you would like to, who here would like to volunteer? And everyone's like, I already volunteered. And all of a sudden he is an asshole. All the soldiers think he's an asshole. Right. And he doesn't want to be. I mean, like it's a transition that he's oblivious to because he is so removed from the war. He's doing these tours um, and thinks that he's actually participating in the war. He thinks he's he's accomplishing something. Exactly. And so when he realizes he's an asshole, he 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 draws a picture of a dancing monkey, finds out that Bucky's (laughs) in trouble and goes... And is absolutely fucking bold. 
Yeah. And saves saves his best friend, which the fact that Bucky was a main character in this film, I loved because Bucky was his Robin. Yeah. A little Robin with little tights. And and the fact that they made Bucky a huge character in the film. Right. Um, is awesome. So he goes to save Bucky and gets uh, which I am I correct in that the characters he got were actually Sergeant Fury's Howling Commandos. Yep, the Howling Commandos that were uh, that were in Sergeant Fury's book from Vietnam. Correct. Right. I think they're. Yeah, I think so. Um, but you got some Dum Dum Dugan in there, which I that's a bold choice. I mean, bowler cap and like handlebar mustache. Yeah. Uh, and they. I thought they did well. What did you think about that? Like, I asked my fiance afterwards, who has no. Uh, awareness of those characters i asked like did those feel like soldiers or did they feel like cartoon characters to her and she was just like it it didn't really bother me it didn't seem like they were forced in too much they didn't i'd feel say like, i'd say both i'd say they feel like cartoon characters right and i'm fine with it right right that i i i like them um and because the film is all sepia and is all you know you know you sort of accept it as being okay it's part of the period maybe that's how everybody talk about that hey <laughs> you know hey about them again you know so maybe that maybe that's what was going on right at the time um so i dug it um i interestingly I'll, this is the perfect time i think to interject um a very good friend of mine who um probably doesn't listen to the podcast because he thinks i shouldn't curse as much as i do um suggested uh that i watch uh um the avengers earth my earth's mightiest heroes um which i watched a little bit of but i did watch the entire captain america episode mm. um and it, it is so much like the film um, you can grab the mic. You can you can bring it over. I will be so bold to try that. Um, uh, and and it is it is um, it is really interesting how much it's like the film. Um, but in the Howling Commandos in that one episode, um, Wolverine is in them. Yeah, that's a little tie-in that they couldn't do because of legal and rights issues. They couldn't uh, do man. in the movie. Why why can't that why they can't figure that out? I don't understand. It's a it's a super shame. It's twentieth century fucking Fox. Yeah. What it is because they want the same thing with the Fantastic Four. Right. That yeah. they won't share. And like, dude, do you know what an X-Men Avengers crossover would do for you? Oh, man, it'd, it'd if, be awesome. If Iron Man <laughs> showed up in X-Men First Class. Right. You know, because that's ultimately sounding like it was a financial disappointment, although it was a creative explosion as far as I'm First concerned. Class, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, like, not not showing it in 3D, not having it in 3D, sadly, might be something that contributed to that. What do you think? Um, You know, I... At Comic-Con this year, um, I think it was Jeffrey Katzenberg who came out and said regarding 3D, the bloom is off the rose. Um, if they want to continue the X-Men franchise, I think it's good that it wasn't in 3D. I wish these films were not in 3D. Right. Um, I I like 3D when it's important. Right. I went and saw this in 3D because it was the time that was convenient. Um and when I bought the tickets, it's funny. The person selling them to me said, it's in 3D. Is that okay? <laughs> um, and that's how I feel. It's like, if it's Avatar, great. If right. it's if it's Tron, which I saw in 3D. Look, a lot of people hate on Tron. I saw Tron four times. Really? I, I never got a chance to see it in, in 3D. It it was, it. In 3D, it was awesome. Right. Um, if it's uh, a movie that is a completely CG movie, you know, How to Train Your Dragon or something like that, where... Doing it in 3D is really easy because it's already rendered in 3D. They actually right. have to render it out to 2D. Right, right. Um, I'm all for it. But this was, the post-conversion was great on this film, on Captain America. It was really good, but it's still post-conversion. Yeah. It's still not. It, and noticeably so. Do, do you have one instance where like you realized it? Because for me, most movies, I'll like notice the 3D for the first like five minutes. Then my brain adapts, starts computing it the yeah. same way that I see two dimensional movies. With the exception of like Avatar, where I was just right. Like, the whole I time. was immersed right. in that film. Yeah, I agree. But like with um, with uh, Captain America, was there a uh, a specific part for you? And I'm obviously saying this because I have something in mind. But a specific part for you in the middle of the movie um, that reminded you you were watching it in 3D uh, when Captain America first. Uh, starts battling and things start exploding and they're just like sort that. of like like oh look at all these all this debris yeah there's a lot of debris here <laughs> wow well for for me it was actually something that's at the end of one of the tv spots is when he straight up throws his shield at the screen and the <laughs> it was dumb i felt like a, a kid at disneyland at some 3d showing i ducked and yeah. then and then instantly popped up and was like what a douchebag why do you just throw his shield at me and that was kind of my response to that and then i had to get out of it again <laughs> um, you know, for me, I, I gotta wonder, I don't, I'm not saying this to be crude, but did they 3d her breasts I, in that scene? 
I don't want to be crude either, but at one point I nudged my fiance and pretended to grab them, which she didn't <laughs> think was that funny, but I thought was hilarious. You know, because the rest of the movie, she seems like regularly pr- proportioned. Right. And then the scene in the bar yeah. is just like, what happened? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, saw, I saw the latest Harry Potter movie in 3D, and I had the same realization at the very beginning with the goblin's nose. Like I felt like it was going, it was going to cause harm to me. Like it was going to like poke <laughs> me in the eye or something. And the same thing with her breasts. I was like, "Whoa, okay, this is my personal space." Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting to say the least, gratuitous to say the most. <laughs> um, but uh, so we follow him. He uh, he saves Bucky um, and gets the Howling Commandos, makes them his team, gets his modified costume, uh, and moves from being a symbol to being an actual hero. Um, he, uh, is essentially leading these howling commandos on, on, you know, attack after attack after attack. Why he does this, I don't understand why he, you know, why the howling commandos are the greatest that there are. Right. Except they're the, the members of the regiment, most of which returned and they're the ones who got captured. I mean, yeah, their introduction is they got caught. They failed, they failed a mission. Captain America saved, Captain America saved them. He's like, you know what? These are the guys I want to mention. Yeah, the although the, although captured. they did they did overcome the Red Skull when they were allowed to. So that's true. So you know he he gets them after meeting them once. Um, we get to uh, a scene on a train uh, where Bucky dies. Um, right. Spoiler alert! By the way, come on, man, <laughs> you should know this by now. Yeah, you shouldn't. We shouldn't have told you about the scene on the train. Yeah. Um. But um, the scene of the t- train where uh, Bucky falls into a green screen. Right. Um, and just bothered me where they hang off the ledge of a train over a green screen and then bucky falls screaming dramatically like he's luke in like he's luke in the second re-release of empire strikes back <laughs> um which they then took the scream out but if you if you were the one fans like me pissed off when luke was like ah! <laughs> as say, it like fades away as he yeah, falls farther away from the camera um, yeah i mean it's <laughs> yeah i was like wow that's a really scary green screen you've fallen into <laughs> um uh yeah and that bothered me. That was that was one of the instances where I was watching the film. I was like, you know what? This still that's where I draw the the sky captain. Um, oh right, yeah. The reference because there. it felt very much like this isn't happening. This what you're watching is not real. It doesn't look real. It doesn't feel real. I don't feel any danger. But I I do wanna I do wanna interject and talk about this uh, this train scene because something really interesting happens in this train scene is you see a little bit of. Um, you know, in the previous scenes, we've got uh, Steve Rogers being envious of his friend Bucky, who can get into the military and who can fight yeah. for his country. We s- almost see a glimpse, at least this is how I took it. There's a point where Bucky picks up the Captain America shield, yeah. saying, like, I can do this if you can. And, and then one blast, and he's Yeah, and he's back. gone, and yeah. he's knocked back. And I, I took that as a pretty interesting role reversal right there. I thought that was an interesting moment. I thought that, especially the second time I saw the film, I thought it was, thought it was an interesting moment. Right. But I felt that ultimately the scene didn't hurt me. Right. Um, Where it should, and now do you think it's it mostly, should have mostly, it should have he was the Bucky we were supposed to care about Bucky, Bucky. I cared about Bucky yeah. if Bucky had been killed in the train if suddenly Bucky had been vaporized oh, in the train yeah, yeah. then that would be I would be like holy shit but when you find out that his only weakness was green screen yeah when, when I when I when he's hanging off the train dangling and then falls <laughs> I felt no now when they were in the train trading fire right I felt cool. danger yeah, yeah. I'm if I felt there. like he was behind the if I felt like he was behind that door cap couldn't get get to him or he picks up the shield, the shield is knocked back, and then he's vaporized, and Cap just goes ape shit for a second. Yeah, that, okay. You know, I mean, that that would have been much more emotionally true to me than I'm hanging off this piece of metal <laughs> over a green screen. Right. And it didn't do it, like, the the cliffhangers, look, guys making movies, um, you better be doing incredible green screen work. I've seen the, the shot of uh, Tom Cruise climbing the building in Mission Impossible 4 that they showed in the trailer right yeah. it looks really good yeah do you think i mean they it looks like stuff from mission impossible 2 with him like mountain climbing at the open that looks yeah. legit to me like do you think there was any green screen involved yeah of, in, of course there was they're not gonna yeah. let tom cruise oh right yeah the, the close-ups of tom cruise right, um, right but i either way if you can't make me feel like what i'm watching right is real don't fucking do it right right don't do it because what you did is you blew uh, the what should have been the pivotal moment of the movie 
Right. This should have been the. Well, this should have been Ben dying in Star Wars. This should have been the moment. Spoilers for Star Wars. Um, <laughs> uh, this should have been, you know, and instead, what I got was, you know, I felt like Bucky was in danger, in danger, in danger, in danger, safe, then not in danger because it didn't look real, yeah. then falling to what seemed like a not death. And this is what I can't help but want to go back to your defense of episodes one through three of Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, especially with two, which you mentioned was was your least favorite of them all. Story-wise, they're, sure. they're intriguing flicks. They are. But I felt like I was watching a crappy Star Wars cartoon, especially in two. Three had more dramatic things going on that I was more into than the CG. So that kept me distracted from the best. Oh, CG. I will. I'll, that's why I don't watch two. I feel like two, I can feel them running around on the green screen because I've seen the footage of them running around running on the, on the green, green screen. screen. Now, how do you like that... Uh, I mean, I know this isn't a Star Wars podcast, but I have to bring up. I got to do those, but yeah, yeah. The the factory scene when you just want to hear the music. Yeah, the factory scene specifically because I know that it wasn't originally in the script and they put it in really because they felt like they needed an action beat. Right. Whose idea was it though? Do you know? I don't know. Can't you see? Can't you see Lucas just being like, "I really like this movie, but let's have a factory scene in there." I'll say this about the factory scene, though. I have a five-year-old, and that's his favorite scene. I can see that. He's like, machines. <laughs> Moving machines. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but no, I never felt danger in that scene. Right. Um, uh, specifically once um, R2-D2 uh, was... I never had a problem with R2-D2 flying. People like hate it. Right. I don't mind it. What I minded was how C-3PO suddenly looked like the cartoon, like the droids version yeah, of C-3PO. From, yeah, yeah. Um, like when suddenly when he was CG... He didn't look like C-3PO anymore. He no. looked like it looked like droids. It mm-hmm. looked like an episode of droids. Right. Um, uh, um, or Clone Wars, if you're watching that now, which yeah. I do. I actually love Clone I think Clone Wars is the best. Star Wars. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's. I've, I've seen a few episodes. Ignore the movie. Day. Ignore the Clone Wars. If you, if you checked out of the Clone Wars movie because you saw, or the Clone Wars show because you saw the movie. Right. The movie sucks. I hate the, I walked out. I've never seen the end of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, Wars movie. movie. I've really? never seen it, and yet I've watched three seasons of Clone Wars, and it's and awesome. Just gets yeah, I, I do enjoy that show. Um, So, uh, we get to uh, La La La. Um, uh, We get to the death of Bucky, and so they're going to go for a full-on assault on the Red Skull. Right. And so what we get is a montage an, a couple, they're actually taking montage. out the hydras. There's, there's a, there's this long series of like Captain America's blowing shit up. I don't know yeah. what's happening, but he's blowing shit up <laughs> on a motorcycle too. He's on a motorcycle for a while. And and I just kind of like you know, there's one scene that seems like uh, like the the original, <laughs> the um, 1989 Batman, where where you had Bruce Wayne in the Batwing, right. And every time he did something, they would cut away to a shot of his hand flicking a switch, and then something <laughs> would happen. And it reminded me of that because he kept flicking, cutting away to the shot. He's flicking a switch. Then something happens, and you yeah. cut away, flicking a switch. And you know that you know from a filmmaking point of view, the cutaways were all done in like five minutes. Right. Uh, they, they setting up a shot of his hand going, <laughs> flick that one, I flick that one, flick that one up, push that button, flick that one up. And I just got the sense of, let's cut away to him flicking a switch. Click, click, blue. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty apt, I'd say. <laughs> and it felt that way to me. It felt, but okay. You know, look, if you're going to call back to '89 Batman, I'm okay with it. I did. Right, it. right. We did. We did skip over something. We skipped over yeah. the apprehension of uh, of Red Skull's little German sidekick. Oh, I love like the scene. The scene with Tommy Lee Jones oh, giving him dinner. Yeah. You know, this is and okay. So I said this to my. Um, it is known that Joss Whedon rewrote portions of the script. Man, good. Cool. Um, and this is the scene where I think he did. Right. So where you go, where, where he goes, he goes, this is, the, the, this is, what is this? Steak. What's in it? Cow. Cow. I'm like, this is Joss. <laughs> this is Joss. I can Joss, definitely see that. Joss yeah. is writing this entire scene. I bought you dinner. I mean, just, it, <laughs> I, it, it's, it stinks of Joss. Yeah, yeah. It stinks of Joss. And I know that Joss did a, did a, a, a revision on the script. Nice. Good to so, know. Uh, so I get the sense that that was your first sense of Joss handling this. Yeah. Movie. Which, I mean, that's a great teaser. Doesn't right it there. seem like Joss? Doesn't yeah, it seem? Yeah, now that you mention it, like, yeah, like the, 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 that. You think the conversation is going to go one way and there's a redirect and it goes. Right. The, the response is what you absolutely did not expect was going to be said. Right. And it's, it's very playful and sarcastic. Which yeah. Is like, yeah. Um, so uh, it doesn't have the same sort of methodical Hollywood screenwriting sense right. as everything else. Um, uh, love it. 
dig it i love that guy you know switch places you know does that make your tummy rumbly i mean that it's yeah. so joss <laughs> i mean so it's absolutely joss. if i find out someone other than joss wrote that scene i'm gonna be terribly surprised yeah yeah i can see, yeah now that you mention it it's all i can think of like all the all the quotes that you're bringing up yeah like, of course does that give yeah. you a rumbly tummy i mean that's just yeah, yeah <laughs> I, it's it's absolutely i mean who's gonna call in winnie the pooh in the middle of this <laughs> uh, which also is out in theaters right now it's really yeah, good gonna have to, you saw it i, I have a four-year-old Oh right! Yeah, so, of see, course I, I saw it. I don't, and I need to see it. It's um, if you're expecting it to overwhelm you with how awesome it is, it's not. It's Winnie the Pooh, the way that Winnie the Pooh should be. Right, the way you remember Winnie the Pooh being yeah, before yeah. it became my friends Tigger and Pooh, and you wanted to piss on Darby, <laughs> uh, not in a sexual way. I was too busy listening to Miley Cyrus when you were catching up on my the friends Tigger <laughs> and Pooh. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, so I. So we get to uh, finally the showdown with the Red Skull. Right. Um, and they get onto uh, a big old plane. There's an invasion. Everybody gets their moment to kill a bad guy. Um, there's, uh, an, you know, they, he gets on the plane in a very, in a, in a scene that's reminiscent of Goldeneye um, where they're chasing the plane down. In Goldeneye, it was ridiculous. Somehow here, we're supposed to accept that it's acceptable. Yeah. But when this one, I mean, it was talk a, about obvious green screen like that. It was a bit much. Yeah. I will say this, that that him jumping on the plane right before it took off was a bit much. Right. Um, if he had caught the plane in the hangar and if the scene were 30 seconds shorter and he caught the plane in the hangar, I would have been right. down with it. Right. But it felt like it felt we're going all the way to the edge, folks. I also think this is as good of a time as any to bring up one pretty huge question I have okay. about Captain America as a yeah. whole what are the limits of his powers? Like you get the vibe, like he's just like a super human. Like he's not super. That's not even the word I want. Like just like the best human. Okay. But here's the thing. Is there anything in this movie that he did that doesn't seem kind of like what Tim Roth could do in the Hulk? Right. Yeah. Well that, yeah, that's a good, but you mean before he becomes abomination? Yeah. In the Hulk, when he's fighting the Hulk out in the, in the, in the, College, college campus place, yeah you know he's jumping around doing flips he's faster than the hulk he's ducking around he's you know he is awesome yeah and i get i i feel like captain america is reminiscent of him maybe even not as cool as him well the I'm, i guess specifically i'm thinking of the jump through the explosion when he jumps from one platform to the other this is when bucky's still alive. yeah that's way back yeah i mean it's okay I mean, and it's not even something that takes me out of the movie, but it's just like I have the same thing watching old episodes of Buffy. I feel like Buffy's and this might be dangerous territory to go toe to toe with on you. It's OK. I'm going to get Mr. Pointy out. And right. see what happens next. <laughs> but I feel like and I mean, and again, it doesn't take me out of the story. I'm completely fine with it. It's just when I try to dwell on it, I can't answer this question. What are the limits of Buffy's powers? There's yeah, I feel like she uses them as necessary in the story, which again I'm fine with, like I think that's. Fine. I would say if you went definition of Buffy's power, that Buffy's power is probably twice as strong as she is, um, as she ever shows, but that she actually limits her power with Holds her. Back. That she not consciously, but because she never studied, because she was never into it. You know, when you meet Kendra on Buffy, you find yeah. out that Kendra's been training her whole life. Yeah, yeah. Buffy has not. Buffy is the Slayer that slipped through the cracks. Right. Um. And. And you get the sense that that had she trained, her powers would be infinitely more. Right. That she that she actually has more power than she ever displays. Right. And so that's actually my my sense of how strong Buffy actually is. Is yeah. that is that she is more powerful than you're ever given. Now, same thing with Tim Roth in you know like he I I still feel like Tim Roth in the Hulk is is stronger more powerful fat he's more like the flash he got, he got trained he he was trained he's been in all sorts of wars remember like his yeah. character has had combat training sure. and all that stuff whereas steve rogers was just some skinny kid from brooklyn but know? steve rogers was also the true serum this is you know just tim roth tim roth gets a, a derivative of the right. serum. Right. you know like he got he didn't get the vita rays he didn't get the you know so i'm i'm down with it i'm yeah. i'm fine with it but i i do think that you know that yeah you're just supposed to accept he's got to be a little more powerful than just a regular because he's next to thor right you know i mean what are you gonna do well then here's the other thing is there's no hawkeye can shoot arrows right <laughs> yeah that's his thing um but it's a there's really also, good shot with an arrow right there, there's no explanation as to why captain america is so mean with that shield either 
which is fine because I'm sure the comics I don't, need don't give it. I you don't, don't need, need it. it. Yeah, I'll, I don't I'll need buy that too. I don't need. He does. He's good with geometry. I mean, <laughs> you know, in X Men, Cyclops can sink pool balls with his with his optic blasts. That's and, true. Because he's just so good with geometry. All right. <laughs> so you know, you know, he's he's look, man. He was a little skinny kid. He was studying Pythagoras. You right. know, that's <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was a squared plus b squared equals c squared. This I will get, come in handy yeah, one day. One day I'll <laughs> I don't figure care what everyone else. This says. is gonna mean something. This is amazing. And uh. Uh, in the Captain America um, uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, it's even less explained. He just sort of throws the shield and shield like arcs back to him. Right. Always. <laughs> no, he, he, and he bounces it off like flesh, off of like people's arms. Yeah. Always comes back to him. I don't mind it. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, I'll um, So we get to the end. He crashes the plane, defeats the Red Skull. The Red Skull is absorbed slash destroyed slash pulled over the rainbow bridge yeah what happened to him uh let's see he gr- is handles, he in the avengers i don't know i don't know he handles the cosmic he, cube with his hand is supposedly what goes down because yeah. you don't see him grab it with his hand i don't think throughout even when he pulls it at the beginning grabs it at the beginning of the movie i don't think he handles the cosmic cube or tesseract or whatever you want to call it until that scene. Wow, you know what it's called? I, I have to call the guy. I have to call the guy, uh, Doctor Tucci, and you're like <laughs> the Tesseract, the Tesseract. And I don't even know if that's accurate. I'm you'll, like, I suck. You get emails. You get yeah. emails. Four. <laughs> Let's. Uh, what's the line from Aladdin three? I'm Thor. You're Thor. It really hurts. <laughs> um. I am not seeing anything. On Hugo Weaving in there? On Hugo Weaving being in the Avengers. Uh, might be a surprise. I mean, I've heard that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was on set to be Pepper Potts, and she's not on IMDb, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, she is. Oh, she's she is. Her Pepper Potts uh, eating my words. Yep. Eating my words. Um. So, yeah. So we get to the end. He crashes the uh, plane, Um. and when he crashes the plane, uh, uh the story ends. He's supposed to have a date. Everyone cries. They can't find him. You yeah. see Tony Stark's dad pulling up the thing from the from the water. So cosmic he's, cube. He's got the he's got you know the cosmic cube. It will assimilate you. <laughs> um, and uh, then we cut to the future, and they're trying to fool Steve Rogers. He jumps out. He's in the middle of New York, and up comes Samuel L. Fucking Jackson. Right. You know, as uh, Nick Fury, and he's he's like Ezekiel twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think they just use the same script for every movie that he's in. They just reuse. I think he said, hold on to your butts from every movie since Jurassic Park. I, I never, ever <laughs> said that out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. He's, he's, he's got to tell you how many keystrokes there are. <laughs> <laughs> About 31 million. <laughs> I'm Samuel L. Jackson. I like Samuel L. Jackson a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, the this version of Nick Fury was based off of him anyways, you know, like that. yeah. I guess it's Ultimate Nick Fury. Yeah, is that where? Yeah, no, I, I did. I I dig. I dig him a lot, and I, he's you know he's the most bankable bankable. I heard uh, you say that on a, in a previous podcast. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's just he makes money. He knows where to go. He knows. He does to know where to go. Yeah, and and people like having him there. Yeah. Um. So we get to the end, and then the credits roll, and then the credits end, and then you see a shot. <laughs> And you see Captain America punching a punching bag and he punches it across the room and he's like, do you want a new mission for me to reintroduce me to the world? And he's like, no, I want you to save it. And then we go into montage mode and you're like, holy shit. And they go, some assembly required and you see shots of everyone except the Hulk. And you see Mark Ruffalo real quick. Do you? Yeah. He puts he 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 either is like taking his glasses off in like amaze amazement um, or he's putting them on out of. I just said something amazing. It's he's, one of those two things. He's like putting him on and he's going, I'm not as good as Ed Norton. Yeah, not as good. You're going to be wanting for wanting but Ed I'm, Norton. But I'm better than Eric Bana was. <laughs> but not as good as Eric Bana was in Munich, Munich or in yeah. Star Trek. Right. But but oh, Eric Bana has my favorite line in Star Trek. You might have heard me on Trekoff say it. What's the line? Uh, you've seen Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just love it. Where, where he's, he's like, I'm, cast, I'm Captain Christopher Pike of the Starship Enterprise. Hi, Christopher. (laughs) 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 Just the line you don't expect, the line that would would never be in a Star Trek. Hi. (laughs) Um, 
and that's it and that yeah. we are we are at the end and the avengers is next uh coming up next summer yeah but it's not what's coming next for us man so this is what's going on um if you've gotten this far and you're like i thought that harry potter was going on right <laughs> um we're going to be alternating between the harry potter nine part series that we're doing and our series leading up to the avengers we're gonna have rj on for four weeks um of just of, in case you can't get enough of me um of uh or probably eight weeks by the time is all said and done because we're going to intersperse one and then one and then one and then one so right. you'll get this and then you get a harry potter then you get this then a harry potter every other week and then rj is going to take a break from this we'll probably come back for others and then hopefully um wherever you are rj in your travels right. hopefully you come back to us in 2012 um even if we have to do it by phone uh oh, heck yeah because we got to do the avengers right um because some assembly will be required will, yes. of my pants after i see the <laughs> film <laughs> joss whedon joss yeah why they gave it to him i don't understand but i'm so glad they did because i feel like they made it just for me yeah they're like they're like <laughs> it does seem very personal doesn't it it's, it's just like <laughs> it's like okay so the avengers i was kind of excited about these are i didn't read the avengers i love what they're doing that they're creating a marvel universe yeah, it's but it's, it's really awesome. just an avengers universe mm. they need to get spider-man in there they need to get the ff in there and they need to get the x-men yeah. in there and if they can just get the rights and have them all intertwined yeah you know or at the very least hey hey 20th century fox you listening are you listening? Do you think that would happen? Like, I what think, do you think the likelihood 20, of 20th Century Fox, don't you own Daredevil too? Right. You know, I mean, and, you know, could, or does Sony own Daredevil? Who owns Daredevil? Is it Fox or Sony? I want to say it's Fox, man. But, but I'm if not Fox, sure. if you own X-Men and Daredevil, have them cross over, especially if you've, if you've got the Kingpin as your bad guy. Yeah. And you know, he could be involved. Well, this just dawned on me. So universal has spider-man right yeah so does that mean there's never going to be a kingpin in a spider-man flick no for the no, no 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 because they used it for 20th oh century my god Fox. that's wild yeah so i mean that's that like get it together man yeah like seriously this is this this is something that we the fans want to happen and have happened and look how much more money would the x-men first class have made if it had a some tie-in, captain yeah. america if, if if hugh jackman as wolverine was one of those howling commandos yeah yeah you know it would have been huge it would have been huge, and you would have you would have increased your your grosses, and sure you'd have to share them a little, but you would never have to worry about them expiring, you know. Yeah. So you know, do it, do it, get them tied in together, because I need to see Franklin Richards' son is a freaking mutant, right? You know, the Beast is a member of the Avengers, right? Yeah, I got to see that. You know, I mean, and it, and Wolverine is a member of every superhero team ever in any Marvel comics thing ever. Oh, don't get me started on how I feel like they need to do a crisis in the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. And the first, okay, so I, I'm considerably older than you, sir. I'm, right. I'm somewhat like older, like, 50, 60 years older. Already. Shut up! You can't tell by our voice. They're not gonna know. Shut up! Yeah, no, I have a higher voice than you. And you're like, yeah, hey, I'm very calm, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whoa, look at me. Um, but I'm a, uh, you know, I, I am probably 13, 14 years older than you. Right. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a fan of X Men, uh, from the 80s. And in the late 80s, that's when they launched the Wolverine comic. Mm. And when Wolverine was in the Wolverine comic, he wasn't in the X-Men. Really? He disappeared from the X-Men for a while. And then he'd come back and the X-Men would be pissed at him. Hmm. for being gone it was a character thing <laughs> so he would just like get up and leave the and as a X matter and as a matter of fact he would in the wolverine comic he'd have a couple of characters from the x-men over in the wolverine comic hmm. and they would leave the x-men for a couple of issues oh wow and it would all tie together that's cool i stopped following wolverine the minute wolverine was everywhere yeah when wolverine <laughs> was everywhere i was kind of like you know what this character doesn't really exist yeah. whereas when i was reading him like if he wasn't in one comic you had to go find him. Yeah, that's you had to cool. Go see yeah. where he was because he's. I mean, like there, I was just watching. Uh, I mean, this will probably be the difference between your generation and my generation. Yeah. But last night I was just watching um, the '90s X-Men cartoon on Netflix. So was I. Nice. Like, like two nights ago. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I skipped. I skipped um, Night of the Sentinels, and I moved. I moved right on. Oh, to... see, I started with Night of the Sentinels, and you know what line Wolverine says twice? What he goes? Uh, I I go where I want to go. And so, like, how can he go where he wants to go, yet be so willing to join every, every single team. team? Just like, hey, you want to be in the new Avengers? Yeah, sure. okay. Because that's where I want to. I want to go there. I want to go there. I'm everywhere. You, I'm not doing it because you asked me. I'm doing it because I want to go there. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah no. I. I. I skip because I've seen Night of the Sentinel so many times. Right on. So I. I jumped right in with. Um, oh, what's the one right after? Uh, the I think I jumped like four or five episodes ahead, and I'm mm. trying to remember what happened in the episode now my my brain is farting um 
they, smells. They were, oh, <laughs> um, or do you think it smells? Because I have telepathic brain farts. Oh, um, no, it was the ep- oh, it was the Morlocks episode. Oh, right. It was on. the Morlocks episode, um, which is so faithful to the comic. Hmm. Um, if you go back to X Men uh, Uncanny One Sixty One, I think is where she meets. Am I right? I don't ask me. Dude. I, I might be. Know. I might have to look up and pull out a box and That's check it out. That's so impressive. So if you got that right. If I got that right, <laughs> hey, I can tell you that two eleven is the mutant massacre. I can tell you. Oh, that, nice. I can tell you that uh, that two twenty seven is the fall of the mutants. I think I can tell you two forty seven is uh, is the beginning of Inferno. I'm so, impressed. Uh, maybe <laughs> I might be right. We'll find out. Nobody uh, check. You'll just be nobody better check. off. Nobody check. No. You yeah. Never you'll know. Ju- you'll, uh, yeah. The fact if you know that I know, you might just unsubscribe. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. Um, so that's it, man. Um, that is uh, pop off. Thank you, RJ. Um, yeah, thank you. Tune in in next week for the Harry Potter retrospective, um, and then tune in two weeks for uh, us talking about Iron Man, Iron Man. and Iron Man Two, and uh, also listen to our other podcasts, including Trek Off at TrekOffPodcast dot com. Um, uh, coming out really soon if we haven't already posted it is uh, kind of the history of why I started my first movie. Um, which also is going to go up on Ninjas versus You, which we will be posting on. Uh, the Hot Mess returns. Um, uh, already has returned by the time we're posting this. Uh, and uh, the triumphant return of the Suck Cast, probably, um, as uh, our guys get back together as Dan returns. Uh, and that's it. Um, Ninjas versus Vampires is available for streaming on Netflix. Uh, Ninjas vs. Zombies is on Amazon. And that's and if you check out all of those websites and still have time, go to www.kidneybeansmovie.com. Yeah, no, dude, how about this? Before you check those out, because <laughs> I, I want you to go check out Kidney Beans Movie and, and see what RJ's all about and what he's done, because uh, it's, awesome, it's an awesome film about um, a comedy built out of sort of a, what could have ended up being a tragedy. Right, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, check that out. And... Uh, Listen, if you're just listening to this one podcast and you're like, hey, I like these guys, uh, go to iTunes and subscribe. Whatever you use, subscribe and get us every week. Rate us on iTunes. Talk about us on Facebook. Get the word out. Please, we need you to get the word out and and let people know that we exist um, because our lis- listenership is slowly growing, but we want it to go faster. Much faster. Much faster. We're like the Hulk. That way we must get bigger and green. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Um, we're environmentally sound. Uh, get it? Green. Ha, ha, ha. You should say it louder again and do the joke again. Get it? Green, because we're very new at this. Get it? <laughs> green, because we're about to vomit. Get it? Green, because we we hump dead animals. Get it, Tom Green? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> that took a turn. My bum is on the pie. Whoa, what? <laughs> what? Okay, um, pop off. I'm Justin. And I'm RJ. Pop off. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Pop-Off. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and also go to endlightpodcast.com and listen to all of our free funny podcasts. That's at endlightpodcast.com.